0: the silly goose gang podcast and the gang are back episode 29 of the silly goose gang podcast and we're uh, joined tonight by alan smith who is the co-owner of discovery wrestling one of the big wrestling promotions based out of edinburgh so uh, alan thanks very much for joining us No pleasure anytime someone asks me to speak
1: about disco i'm only too willing so i appreciate the invite
0: nice thanks very much for joining in uh, one of the things that i had for it, and again i didn't know this and we were just talking off air, the fact i've been to a few events and you're kind of known as the the guy who does the raffle at disco so yeah. we thought we'd get a bit a, a dive behind the man that does the raffle because um, I only found out when I was doing a bit of research on this. You, did you start as like an in-ring an, an guy originally? Before yeah.
1: So um, I mean, my uh, I, I wrestled for a few years for a for a different company, obviously, um, and that's how I, I got I, I got into. It. I mean, I had a couple of false starts from wrestling. I always loved wrestling my entire life. You know, a lot of people kind of grow out of it as soon as they become like teenagers or whatever. A lot of people kind of go out. You know, it's just for kids. But I was always. You know, hooked on wrestling from a young age. Um, you know, talking kind of late eighties is when I first started watching wrestling. I can still remember the first time. You know, my my family we we got Sky TV and and it was a big exciting thing. You know, we got Sky and flicking through all the channels to see what 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 we got and we flicked onto and it was wrestling and and there was it was Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan were both doing promos like just one after the other. And we'd never seen wrestling before in our lives me and my big brother and as soon as we seen ultimate warrior we we're just like what is this you know i'm about six or seven years old and then hulk hogan comes on the television and for some reason we recognize who hulk hogan was we've seen him somewhere and we're just like oh there's that boxing guy you know it was you know i don't know maybe it was from the rocky movies or something i don't i don't yeah. know um but you know we saw that and then. You know, I was hooked on wrestling ever since. So a lot of people around me knew um, I was a big wrestling fan. I tried a couple of training schools that didn't work out, and then probably when I was about I don't know, twenty-five, um, my day job is I work on I work on the radio, uh, and as my as my day job, I'm I'm a newsreader. Well, I used to be a newsreader, and I was working for a radio station, and the uh, there was a, a local promoter had come into the radio station and said, "Look, we've got a big event coming up." We've got no marketing budget. How can we get talked about in the radio? And our breakfast presenter knew that I was a big wrestling fan and said, our news guy loves wrestling. Why don't you train him up, stick him in a match, and we'll talk about it on the radio? Um, and then that was it. You know, it was, it was only ever supposed to be one match. I ended up wrestling for a few years and then had ideas of of, of setting up something myself, you know, my own ideas of how, how wrestling could be. And then um, that's that's the kind of journey I took
0: nice oh, that's nice. pretty cool
2: yeah it's uh an intro like i think um uh you know i think we're all round about the same age i think everybody everybody grew up watching the wwf in the 80s and 90s you know, the ultimate warrior and all these guys um they were uh still still watching from time to time on on youtube but um yeah. so yeah i think i think we all want that thing but it's a cool it's a cool way to get into it like a complete that's like a fate thing it's a, it's a fate yeah. thing to me it's one of those things I'm... where it was just kind of supposed to happen yeah, I mean, I tried. Like I said, I tried a couple of training
1: schools, and I just didn't stick at it. You know, it was one or two sessions at training schools, and then I remember my first ever training session. I'd, I'd gone through to the west of Scotland, and it was an eight-hour training session. And then the the whole time you were just, you know, doing bumps. Essentially, you're learning how to fall safely, mm-hmm. um, and and how to protect yourself as you fall. But even at that, you know, it, it's not like you're landing on a on a big cushion or a trampoline or it was it was a really thin gym mats so you'll, you'll probably remember from high school or from primary yeah. school the really thin mats and you were having to throw yourself backwards on these thin mats and that was for eight hours and I remember the next day getting up for work and I, and I couldn't move like my whole body like my neck everything it was like just I could not move um and I thought well maybe this isn't for me um so you know, there was times you know I did try a couple of training schools because I was really keen on doing it. And after my cup, my second kind of false start, I, I'd kind of given up. I thought, well, wrestling's not for me. I'm not, I'm not going to push myself to do this. I'll just keep enjoying it, um, from afar. And then that that came about, you know, the, the breakfast presenter saying, "Hey, look, we've got this idea for you. Um, you're going to train to be a wrestler, and you're going to be in a match, uh, I, and you've got three months between now and the match." And I was like, okay. Um, so, but that that was that gave me a goal to stick with it because yeah. there was a lot of people listening. You know, it was a it's a big show um, that that I was part of, and and I knew that if I'd given up after two or three training sessions, then how how'd I look? You know, and and it's kind of almost kind of driven by the fear of failure. Uh, so I was just like, no, I've got to make this work. I'm going to do it. And like I say, it was supposed to be one match, but. I really enjoyed it, you know, the buzz off the crowds, you know, when you come out and you're making your entrance and you've got family there, you've got friends there. And uh yeah, it was just it was just awesome to kind of be in front of a crowd doing all of that. And and the match went well. Um, a lot of the wrestlers um were, were chuffed, you know. This person who's come in and, and and did a good job, didn't make a mockery out of what they were doing. Um so I thought, you know, I'll stick with it, you know, I'll see how I'll see how far this goes. So yeah, so I wrestled for about five years, not not to any sort of kind of great success or great degree. You know, I, I'm quite happy to look back on my time as a wrestling guy. I was a very terrible wrestler. You know, <laughs> um, I was awful, um, but at the same time, I I, could, I, I was I, I always got a good interaction with the crowd. You know, mm. um, I always had a good good connection with the crowd, which is obviously one of the most important things in wrestling. You know, you could be the best, most talented wrestler in the world, but the crowd don't care then, you know, they they don't care. That and that's the whole point of wrestling is it's not so much you're wrestling with your opponent to win a match. You're you basically it's you and your opponent are, are are fighting with the crowd to try and get the crowd to care about what happens in your match. So mm. albeit I was a terrible wrestler, um I was able to have a good connection with the crowd that they were actually interested in the things I was doing. So um but I'm so, much so... I'm much happier now being behind the curtain than I than I was being in the ring.
2: Was there um was there any did you have any like previous um uh like entertainment things or did you, did you, did you sing or play guitar or anything or was it just something that naturally you found you like? Um, no, I just um well, I think
1: like a lot of people when you're in high school you, you join a band you're in a band and things and I was uh front of the band for a few years, um oh, so yeah. I always enjoyed entertaining, yeah, folk. Yeah, you know yeah, I was yeah. I, quite. I guess quite extroverted in a way, in, in the way that I, I like to.
0: Yeah. I
1: just like to enjoy myself, um, and if yeah. I can bring others into that enjoyment, I get a kick out of that. So um, I've always had that. Um, always had that kind of need, almost to kind of entertain. But now doing doing disco the way we're doing it, like that, I guess a much bigger buzz out of you know basically producing and, and putting a whole event together than just going out and wrestling for ten minutes, you know, because. You, you, you want the whole event to kind of run slick and to be as entertaining as possible so that when people are leaving and going home, you see the feedback online, you see how much people have enjoyed it, and that's when you get the real kick out of it. You go, you know, we've done a great job, and, and people yeah. have got what they've paid for, and
0: they've they've loved it, and they'll come back. Totally. I think that's so true what you're saying about the crowd. I mean, As I say, I'm a massive wrestling fan. Someone to yourself, Alan, I started watching when we got Sky as well, when my, yeah. dad, uh, my dad had been out in the... I think he'd been out in the Gulf, he was in the Navy and he came back and he'd seen all the channels where the British forces broadcasting at the time we got Sky started watching it. But years, 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 years later, like like I'm now a dad now with my kids and uh, my middle, well, my middle kid, my youngest lad Logan, who's the one that comes to disco events with me, he's a huge wrestling fan. And we'd been watching it one day, and it'd been on for four or five weeks, WWE on like Raw and everything. And uh, my missus had been saying, she had no real interest in wrestling. And Chris Jericho had came back from one of his spells away and he was doing one of his, I can't remember what gimmick he was doing. And his music hit and my missus went, oh, he annoys me so much, that guy. <laughs> and I was like, he's got you. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, I hate him. That's not, and I was like, that is the good uh, because- That's, the, you that's don't, his don't role. Watch, you don't watch it, but you've still got into your brain that this guy, because he was playing a heel character at the time. I think it might have been when he had the list and all that kind of gimmick. Right, okay. Was doing it like, and she was like, "I hate him. He's so arrogant. He's so annoying." And I was like, "He's got you without even re- that's how good." Like, yeah. obviously, Jeff was an absolute legend, but it's, it's interesting that even you know, at, at a world level, with all respect, you were able to do that and get the crowd to to do what you needed to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it just it doesn't matter the kind of size of the crowd because I've wrestled in front of like some terrible <laughs> numbers. Um, I've wrestled in, in in venues where there's been like six people. You know, this is this is this is go, this is going back. You know, like obviously now wrestling over the last few years has been incredible in the UK in terms of the crowd numbers, the quality of wrestling as well. Now is so much better than it was perhaps ten years ago. Um, but you know, even, even if you're wrestling in front of like six people, you still go out and you you do what you can. You still throw yourself around like there's a thousand people. That, you know, um, and, and and you still you still try and latch onto those those people there, even yeah. if there are just six people in the crowd. You want them still to react to something you do.
2: Yeah. You know? Do you not yeah. think, um do you not do you not think that like for somebody to do well um, you know, before you become Vince McMahon, you have to have you've had to have paid your dues in front of six people. Because if you don't, you can't understand, you know, the joint. like you're saying, you still have to entertain them. So I think, you know, with everything, not not just wrestling, I think you have to have paid your dues in the not very nice places and and work your way up and then understand how to build things and and push forward and and interact and and then move forward move forward do you think that's the thing thing that you you, you know you have to have done it
1: I think it certainly helps with kind of character building within yourself you know knowing that even if you wrestled as what a lot of people are doing just now without a crowd that you're going to you're going to give it your all and it's it's how you it's just how you interact with with your environment. I mean, there are a lot of wrestlers these two days who, who don't go through that journey of of wrestling in, in small independent uh, promotions where there's perhaps not a crowd and they're building themselves up. Because you see things where, you know, WWE has its development centers and, and performance centers where, you know, they're, they're scouting people who've played American football or or done this sport or that sport who've never wrestled in front of a wee crowd. They get into the performance center and then they just train up that way. Then all of a sudden, they wrestle in front of like not bad sized crowds. So I think I, I think I think it's definitely changed over the years. Um, the fact that there are now these performance centers happening that that people can go straight from not having ever wrestled in front of a crowd to then wrestling in front of a decent sized audience. Um, but I do think I do think there is that the, the the people that you see. Doing best within wrestling and reaching the heights are are all wrestlers who've who've been in those yeah. those situations where they've, they've wrestled in some maybe terrible venues with with no crowd and uh, and and I think a lot of that is you know it does help build your character, not a, a character but your character.
2: Yeah, similar to being in a band, of course. You know you you know when you're in a band at school and there's know, fourteen people there. That's you have to. You have to. I, I I always feel anyway that somebody has to have kind of done that stuff to really build. You know, their own their own character and and push forward. Um, I think it builds um a more complete kind of understanding of what what they're doing. I think for fans as well.
1: I think I think fans appreciate someone's journey too. Yeah. So I think if 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 you're able to tell that story of well, look, this is where I started and this is what I went through to, in order to be where I am I think there's people then have this deeper appreciation for like yeah he's been through some terrible places to in order to get where he is and and I think people like I say if you look at some of the people who've been the top of the wrestling business over the last 20 years the real standouts they've all kind of gone through mm. that kind of process well I wouldn't say all but most have gone through that 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 kind of journey
0: yeah yeah, and even even within you know Disco Logan particularly, he's seventeen now. But again, when he started coming, I think three years ago was the first time I went. So he was like that fourteen age where he was still proper crazy into the wrestling before Birds and Boo started to take over a wee bit. But uh, yeah. like he remember seeing like guys that are now on like NXT UK, and even he's like I, I saw them and like the, the, you know yeah. it, it, I can't believe like I've had a high five off him. Yeah, like, as they sat ringside and they come out, Logan's leaning over there. I'm not lying. Sometimes I am as well. I'm not even gonna <laughs> like, yeah. like, lean in the hand. <laughs> out, like, yeah, high five! Got a high five of, uh, yeah. of Joe Coffee. Well,
1: that's, whatever, well, that's the great thing about independent events, you know. Independent promotions is is you do get right really close to the action. You know, I like I love the um, the size of events we do. You know, I like the uh, you know it's if you're at the Jam House, you're maybe 250, 300 people there. Um, granted, the Corniche, we've done some corn exchange events where we've had like a thousand people there. But the, those events where you where you feel like you are part of it, you are that close to the action. Um, that's that's what I really love because you kind of feed off the energy of the the crowd, and the crowd get yeah. that close to the to to the wrestlers. That when they do get to a point where, for example. You know, Big Killian and Dane and Ricochet, and you know all these guys who've been at disco events in the past. Then all of a sudden you're you're turning on. and You're going, well, oh, there's Ricochet on Raw. There's Killian and Dane doing this thing. There's there's Matt Riddle's now on SmackDown. And You're thinking all these guys have wrestled with us and have been, you know, all our crowd have had their pictures taken with these people and and met them and and now they're now they're kind of taking over the world. And so even even for me as a as a promoter and a and a corner of a of a, of a business like this is pretty cool to think someone who's now like people who are now like the most famous wrestlers on the planet have have come through our way on uh, route to doing that so it's it's yeah, yeah it there, there is a kind of must, a buzz factor in
2: that it must be quite a cool feeling to see somebody you know wrestling for for the biggest organization in the world you go, yeah
1: well even even it's cool even um, uh, seeing mvp back on raw like mvp was with us in november do you know he wrestled mm-hmm. for us in november like, in front of 300 people at the jam house and then, fast forward a couple of months. Now he's now he's one of the main guys on on Raw. Like he's on the mic all the time on Raw. And you're just thinking, God. Like just a few months ago, we well, were heading out after the show for a couple of drinks in Edinburgh. And now you're and now you're back on Raw amongst the the the, the, the elite of all. You know, the, 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 on the on the biggest company in the world. It's just sometimes wrestling is just so strange how things just seem to happen and work out. I mean, even like Sugar Dunkerton wrestled with us a handful of times last year. Um, and went back to America, and I think he was uh, unsure of what what was coming next. He had his goals and his aims. Then all of a sudden, there he is, his Pineapple Pete every week on AEW. Uh, and you're just thinking, God, it's amazing just how, how things work out yeah. sometimes for people.
0: Yeah. Even talking AEW, obviously, I think possibly the last event I was at with, with Woge was uh, when you had Cody, Marty and the Young Bucks. And now that's, you know, r- yeah. really, AEW, which is pushing all the way to become the... Certainly, the next big major promotion, just behind WWE, yep. some of the talent they've they've picked up, and I saw today that there's rumours that they're trying to get Punk back in.
1: Yeah, you you, you see rumours all the time, and any yeah, time Anytime seeing Punk's <laughs> name's mentioned, there's going to be a link somewhere to thank, to someone. Thank, and and, and talks thank of, God, thank yeah. God, it's not
2: in the MMA. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> do you know to give him his, to give him his due? At least he tried. He gave, he gave um, a go. I think, I think I think I think there's like obviously different schools of thought. I think wrestling fans like myself are like, you know, a good on him. He gave it a try. He got battered, but you know what? He, he he stuck it out for a couple of fights. Whereas I think a lot of MMA fans are like, ah, yeah, bugger off back to wrestling. You know, like, you're not going for uh, this. So. the
2: the difference being, um, you know, me and Ali both do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I came from a, a boxing background. So when somebody comes from you know wrestling and then and you know they're saying they're going to give MMA a chance, you're going you should really have some amateur fights because this is not this is somebody's going to try and punch a hole in your face. So at yeah. least at least when at least when Brock Lesnar done it, Brock had uh, you know a, a legitimate he was a legitimate yeah savage was school, AA, school really. he was wasn't he yeah he's a legitimate savage he had that background but CM Punk didn't uh, but you know he went and gave it a go. And um, at least he can he tried. So yeah, that's sure. cool. But you know, it was it was one of those things where he was yeah. so far out, so far out of his depth. Um, was it but, uh,
0: he gave Chris is he hadn't done his dues in front of the six people uh, fighting.
2: He hadn't had paid his dues. He should have done some amateur fights. And oh, then, no. You know, then early on he might have went, I need to work a lot harder, or I need to spend a lot more time, uh, mm. or he would have went. This is not for me. Um, yeah. he, you know he, he went from from WWE straight into the UFC and it didn't go particularly well. But yeah, it, we, he, made, seen, seen, it, it, yeah. he made he made, he, made, he made some money and had some fun, I'm sure so. Well that's it.
1: I'm sure he made UFC a lot of money as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so for Dana White it's it's kinda what's he lost from all of this? You know, has he lost any credibility from having seen
2: Punk Dana, in these couple Dana of cars? White. He's like Dana, going credibility, Dana, you know? Dana White in terms of um, being a promoter is a genius. Dana White does not put Losers on his card. He done it for a reason. He knew he was going to get the crossover fans, and that's why he did it. So he was super smart from him. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, fair enough. You know, he went and done it. He made money and yeah. But had, then you see, you see, you
1: see, you see going the way. You I mean you see a lot of MMA fighters who who are now in WWE and doing yeah, You know, yeah, yeah. well, you know, Matt Riddle was obviously tough enough um, yep. many many moons ago. Um, Ronda Rousey and and then a few others. You know, there's a few others certainly within the female division of of women who've come over from from doing MMA and, and rocked even,
2: up and are, are just killing it in even, professional wrestling. Even uh, Tyson Fury going over there, having some having a match with, with Bronis Roman, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's quite funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, that's, again, it's all about the cross emotion and and uh, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment business, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Getting, yeah, getting mean, people in to watch it. I yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, if for us, for, for Disco, I mean,
1: if we saw, if he saw there was a Scottish fighter who was... Taking over the world You know We would be silly Not to kind of go Hey look Do you want to Do you want to One of our
2: events and, I, uh... I, I I Bet you Someday Would be willing to do it I yeah. guarantee some, I guarantee There's a, an MMA fighter Or a boxer Out there That would be like I could I could do that I Yeah have some fun. I guarantee you I yeah, well, me and Ali, I think I think me and Ali should make it a mission to try and find you somebody that will come over and do something for you. <laughs> oh yeah, if, if if
1: there's someone if there's someone from Scotland taking over the world that has that that profile, then of course we would be like, yeah, you know, let let's see what we can do. I mean, sometimes sometimes you see folk um, out with wrestling who turn out to be wrestling fans or have done something on social media, and, and you're just thinking, God, we could try and hook them in. I remember there was a video of what was it Jason Cummings from Hibbs when he was at Hibbs at the time in Grado yeah. Having a brawl about uh, the the changing of the hibs and stuff, and then you're thinking, well, there's a footballer based in Edinburgh, there's a wrestling promotion in Edinburgh, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but sometimes, you know, um, yeah, those those are the kind of things that they're a bit of fun, you know, and they're a bit of fun yeah. to bring a bit of attention to what you do, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But I mean, he, I've I, even seen like Grant 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 Holt was it the, the former? Yeah, he's the Norwich um, striker.
0: Uh, Norwich, yeah, yeah. yeah, he went to yeah, yeah. uh, one of the camps, didn't he?
1: Yeah he, yeah, he was he oh, ended right, up yeah. wrestling wrestling from a pr- from promotion down south, you know, in, in, in Norwich, obviously. So
2: um, you never know what happens with the wrestling.
0: Um, these, and then it's amazing um, when you find out
2: who's fans are. These uh, are these are these things that you've always got your 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 you know your ears and eyes open, uh, can you look looking for people who may be interested in for a show. Um, I know you've got a, 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 like a, a an anniversary show coming up, don't you? yeah to be to be honest I, I, I can't
1: see us having any any event this year which is gotten um yeah. just th- there's so many uncertainties in terms of even if we went right okay let's do it let's schedule it for November and then you start putting tickets on sale then then you find out come November or even when you get close to November it's not going to be possible then
2: yeah. you,
1: you've kind of taken folks money without a guarantee of having an event which you know is not what we want to do so I'm just I'm just Trying to be as patient as I can. We're all itching to have events again, um, yeah. and it's just, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. But it is what it is, you know. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't really have a wrestling event with, or, well, a wrestling match without, well, whether social distancing. Because I know a lot of people have their views on on wrestling and and whatever else. But I think if you did a, a match with a meter between focus <laughs> or doing moves, really gives the game away.
2: So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having that same issue as well, as Chris says. We do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and the whole point of that game is to get rid of as much space as possible. So, similar yeah. <laughs> to well, we don't know how it's going to look when it all comes back open. You know, yeah. you can't really Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it turns into one of those McDojo things where you're. I'll use my chi energy shield. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just but doesn't really uh, work, it? yeah.
1: I mean, we've spoken with venues, um, particularly there in the Exchange, because we, we were supposed to have two events with them. Um, where, you know, they've put in measures. I've spoken with them about how we can, you know, do an event with social distance in terms of the crowd and the increased hygiene and, and all of this type of stuff. But the the big the big concern for us is how do you guarantee a wrestler's safety? You know, we don't we're not we're not a Premier League football club who who can yeah. test test wrestlers twice a week. You know, we, we, it's just it's just impossible <laughs> as a as a as a small kind of small company yeah. so we're we're all just kind of waiting to see how it goes and we'll, we'll be like you guys i'll just be waiting for word on and how contact yeah. sports can can begin again because we'll be in the same boat we're in absolutely the same boat you know so we're, we're just looking to see what they say about mma and about boxing and, and yeah. but it could, it could be a long
2: time so it's no a no way Is there no way you could at least have an event um you know empty arena with uh you know streamed on facebook or, or live on youtube is there any way you yeah, can do I mean, something like that th- that that's possible but again it comes down to keeping your own
1: wrestlers safe yeah um unless unless you're you know unless temperature checks you know is, is the way forward and they think that's the safest way to, to guarantee it so you're checking you know you've got someone there that can check everyone's temperatures they show up or 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 do they have to go for weekly tests themselves, So they're turning up and saying, hey, look, here's my, my results I got yesterday. I'm, I'm COVID free, so I could get in the ring and wrestle with someone. Um, who knows? Um, you know, we're, we're now at a point in Scotland where um, the, the the number of cases are so low and the infection rate is so low in Scotland just now, that, you know, you're just sitting there going, God, I hope people just stick with this because Scotland's close to virtually eliminating this thing. And and, and if, if Scotland got rid of it and it was, it was eliminated then then maybe we don't have the social distance. Maybe we could get back to doing contact sports and, and wrestling and yeah. and whatnot. So from a purely selfish point of view for me, it's just I just I would just want people just to not take the piss with all this stuff opening up again.
0: Yeah. So. Just while while we're talking about the stars that you've had. How and again, this is something that me and Chris are obviously continually chasing to get guests on, and we've had some mad guests over the course of the last few months. How easy is it as a promoter to get those kind of names? You know you've thrown some names out there, the likes of MVP, Cody Rhodes, Marty Scurll, The Young Bucks. Um, we saw Jay Lethal and, and Huvi Guerrero at one point as well. You know, yeah. how, how easy is it to get a hold of them, get them to agree to come over? Again, not talking in terms of cash or anything, not wanting to disclose that, but just mm. the process i guess and how you're getting those guys over to edinburgh
1: yeah well i think well most a lot of the the, the kind of folks like cody Rhodes and and the, and the bucks and 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 you know they'll all have their agents and things who we who will know and we'll just approach them and just just ask the question and just go right you know we're putting on a date around this you know we're putting on a big event around this date. are they available if so would they be interested what do we need to do to make this work and then you just kind of work towards that it's just you know you just work with their agents or a lot of them don't have agents a lot of them you just email direct you know they just they have their, their email addresses out there for you just to email them direct and you just hope they respond um but it gets easier for us as the years goes on the years yeah. go on because because of reputation uh I, I remember our first our first ever event which would have been close to six years ago um at meadowbank in edinburgh um, you know we, we we're reaching out to a lot of top names um and Obviously, they can Google you and go, these people have never done an event before. These people have never put on a show before. Like, we, we risk taking a, a date there and that a show might not happen and they've turned down dates elsewhere. So we were, you know, we're, you know a lot of people put their, their trust in us to deliver at the first event because they knew nothing of us. So, you know, we did have, on our, on our first event, we had Crime Time, we had Chris Saban, uh, we had Mike Mondo, who was in the Spirit Squad. Um you know, and those guys, you know, thankfully, thankfully accepted the, the the dates with us and it all worked out because, you know, it was their kinda it was their profile that essentially we were, were banking Working on, on. To, to get our yeah. name out there. Um so uh, thankfully they, they they kinda had a bit of faith or a bit of trust in what we were doing. Um but as the years go on your reputation grows and, and people, you know, we always try and make sure people are, are very well treated. When they come yeah. to Discovery, in terms of the professional setup, to to everything from the travel, how they're looked after within Edinburgh, and, um, and so that way when they go away, they can tell other people and say, "You should check out Discovery. They treat people really well." And mm-hmm. then, and then before you know it, it kind of it, it kind of reverses in the way that instead of us chasing people to work with us, we then have people messaging us saying, "I want to work with you. Can we? Can we make this happen?" So it's that's that that that's kind of built up over time and that's where the kind of hard work and the professionalism goes is to
2: just to build that reputation. It's, um, it's, it's, it's funny when you, you know, just listen to you describing that Alan, it's funny because it's almost exactly what we did four months ago when we decided to do this in lockdown and you, you're going, oh, and probably nobody will speak to us because we're not, we're not, we're, we're, we're not anything. And then now it's like last night we spoke to uh, Kelly Pavlik, who was the world, like the middleweight champion of the world, 2008 um and it's like we can't believe it so now it's, it's went from a bit like you know you know discovery's five years old Are you five years yeah old, coming right? up for six so yeah it's, so it's, you know it's a sh- it's, you know it's still a short space of time and can, you know in the grand scheme of things so it's you know what you're describing is what we've just went through to do this and it's it's really you know yeah and i think it's, it's so cool to see somebody who goes and you know they try and do things the right way um, they try and set things up properly, and be nice and courteous, and, and try and create a nice atmosphere around everything. And um, yeah, it's, it's cool important to see somebody because, getting success.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, that's really important. I think you know to just just to treat people well. Um, yeah. Because you know, in my, my my short time as a wrestler, I got got I got the chance to wrestle in different places, and it was when I was starting to get you know booked in other places, and I was seeing how different companies approach things differently. And, you know, that's when I was just picking up little things going, well, that was really well done or that was really cool. Or, that was dead perfect. I've not seen that done before. And that was quite smart um, in terms of how they treated people, you know, even even basic things like just having food and water backstage for your wrestlers and your staff. Mm. You know, a lot of places you go, they don't they don't do that. You know, you're just kind of you turn up you get told when you're on what's happening and then you have to go and. Find food and water for yourself you know disappear to a shop or, or whatnot and so just just little things that that don't yeah. happen everywhere um but make a big difference to the to the environment and you know for people when they're there so again it's just it's just though it, 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 it is just little things you know yeah, it's the small, that it's the small you, details that that, you, that sometimes you find it's amazing that isn't happen everywhere. But it makes a big difference for for the wrestlers who are there because then they do go away going, I was looked after.
2: And... Yeah, I mean just just from I mean, just from uh being a human being. I mean, if somebody doesn't provide you if you're if you're going to wrestle, you know, you're gonna get a good sweat on the time you warm up and wrestle and they haven't given you water. You in, like in my head I'd be going, Well, they don't really care about me. <laughs> but it's yeah. just not a nice place that, you know, just before you even go and wrestle, you know well, they don't really care about me or it
0: would
1: have given yeah, me water, and like I say, it doesn't doesn't take much to, no. to 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 provide that, and then even even just just having a, a spread backstage of just fruit and snacks, yeah. you know, just 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 something, you know, you're not you're not you're not providing a like a big three course meal for folks. You're just going right. There's some fruit and snacks enough for everybody if they if they're needing something. There's water. There's you know people people know what time to arrive. People know what time they're on. What's happening? You know, people have. Like safe ways of getting to and from the venue, um, just all of that kind of stuff. It, it all adds up to people going, "Well, that was professional. That was, yeah. that was, you know, that's if I was if I was still wrestling, that's how I would expect to kind of be treated yeah. or looked after." Yeah. Um, so is that you know treat people how you would expect to be treated yourself, or how you'd like to be treated yourself?
2: Yeah, definitely. A, a couple of things in there, just in what you said, um, Alan. So. Do you take, um and, and your own production, do you, just because you mentioned like visuals, do you, is that something that you take kind of great detail in to, to make things look nice in terms of the fans and the wrestlers? Is that something that you take a, a bit of pride in? And
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, everything, every every little detail um, you, you take pride in because um, you want, you, you don't want anyone to have a bad experience when they're there, not, not one person, because that, that kind of, I'm I'm really obsessive <laughs> when it comes to 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 doing things a certain way at disco. I'm really obsessive about details and if i if i'm after the show i'll I'll run about all day building helping build stuff and and making sure people are knowing what they're doing, and people will see me before an event just running and running and running so most exercise I get is just like running about the events, making sure everything's be, been done in a certain way. Um, and I'm knackered after an event. Like I, I feel like I've yeah. been in a match because I feel sore. I feel because I'm so tense and I'm so. Um, and and if I'm sitting there after an event, everyone's gone home, and I'm I'm finally having a pint or something. You know, sitting down, just right. Okay, the event's over. I'll be I'll be watching social media, you know, and everybody's kind of re- responses to it. And if I see one person, you know, there there could be could be a hundred tweets all saying what a great time, amazing, buzzing. If I see one tweet going, it was great, but something, or uh, I didn't get the seat I was supposed to have, or I didn't, I didn't get a great view because of someone was in my way, or there was people at the barrier and I couldn't see. If I see like one comment, I obsess over it and I get mm. myself. I'm like, God, you know, I kick myself because you don't want one person walking away going, that well, that was rubbish, or I didn't, I didn't get what I paid for, or um and that that kind of eats at you because because you are obsessive and you you do have a great deal of pride about what you do and the the events you put on and you want it you want it to be perfect um not i'm not saying that our events are perfect obviously not but you want it to be as close to perfection as possible
0: Yeah. yeah strive for perfection and hit greatness it's that kind of quote that gets bandied about a lot isn't it so yeah. And I know and yeah. you know I had I've, as I've said on this I've, I've been to a few uh, disco events and the first time we went there is that doubt in your head because you you're going to an independent I've been to a few independent shows from other promotions as well as WWE TNA when they've been over and Logan was desperate to go along and see it he'd kind of seen it on Facebook and I was like oh, we'll go along you know we'll, we'll see what it's like and I, you know you go along with set your expectations at maybe a four and you think well you know and genuinely, we, the pair of us came out beaming with smiles, eh? It was, and every time we've been, it's been like that, eh? and obviously, like you say, when the reputation builds up, now we're like, like Logan was saying the other day, when do you think Disco Wrestling's going to come back, and I was like, oh, we'll have to wait in the lockdown, there's loads of things, but mm. once it comes back, we'll definitely be back, eh? so I think that's, yeah. it's, from, from a, a, a punter's point of view, it's definitely came across that, that you do put a lot of care and attention into everything, and it has been great events every time I've been,
1: yeah yeah well that's that's what we strive for is because we know you you know like any sort of business you you rely on people coming back and um, you rely on people coming back if you if you if you want to grow grow your support grow your base, then you need people to come back and then bring people with them you know mm-hmm. uh, so uh, if if there's ever an event that takes a dip or if there's an event that things just weren't as professional as what they normally are or not as entertaining as they normally are. And people will kind of go, ah, oh, well, they had a good couple of shows. That's them now, and they're kind of way down. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not spending money on this again. Um, so you do have to uh, try and maintain standards and try and keep things fresh for people, and 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 just try to keep people coming back because that's at the end of the day. If there are no fans, there is no there is
2: no business. Yeah. Do you, have, well. um, do you have um? Do you have other people that that give you input into the show and stuff? As well, and you know, like yeah. generally after a show, say this we could tweak this, we could tweak that. That was great. Maybe this wasn't so good. Do you have guys that do that for help. Yeah, I mean, we've got kind of we've stuff? got
1: a small creative team, and um, we've got a small creative team. There's myself, and there's the, our two commentators. um, You know, because obviously they're watching like that that event the whole time and taking everything in, and while they're calling the action. Um So we we talk quite a lot about ideas and about what worked well, what perhaps didn't work as well as what we hoped um and and you know we speak to you know after the event i'll go around and I'll, I'll, I'll speak with all the wrestlers who were involved and make sure everything was okay for them and and you know and, and, and sometimes they'll have maybe a little bit of feedback especially wrestlers who who've kind of world traveled and have been and with some of the biggest companies in the world they'll sometimes have a bit of feedback to say yeah maybe you should look at this or have you ever thought about this and you just mm. pick up things from them you know you, yeah. you, you're you, at the end of the day i I've now been involved in wrestling for only eleven years, you know, yeah. and and, I'm, and we're working with wrestlers who've been wrestling for twenty, thirty years, so yeah. who have seen and done it, and and so you'd be silly not to kind of ask for their feedback, ask for their, yeah. their you know, uh, take on board what they say.
0: Yeah, yeah. we were we were yeah. talking about similar stuff a couple of podcasts ago. We were talking about that institutional knowledge that people have that once it's gone, it's gone. So as you say, it'd be daft to not lean on that and yeah, get as much yeah. from it and yeah okay some of it's maybe never going to be possible but again you could adapt it to the circumstances and make it work for you
1: yeah yeah I mean yeah I mean we've just got to it's, it's kind of doing doing what you think is possible or what you think is right for for your promotion I mean certainly there'll, there'll be times when people suggest something that yeah it's a good idea but it's, you know yourself it's not going to work for what you do or where you're trying yeah. to take take things but when there is that if there is someone who has been there and done it, um, yeah. then if they suggest something, yeah, listen to it. You don't have to do it, obviously, but
2: yeah, listen. So, and, and. So so is, is is there a different, you know, if you're going into like the corn exchange, for example, which is a big event, do you change the way you yeah. do things? Is there a different approach to that? Uh, there's certainly a lot more nerves. Um,
1: <laughs> I remember like, our, our goal when we first started was to, to uh, sell out the main hall of the Corn Exchange within five years, and we did it within three. Um, and it's just, the, there's a lot, when, when you're taking on a big venue like that, there's obviously a lot more work has to go into it, um, in terms of um, obviously the, the, the building of the set, if you're putting on bigger screens and the lighting rigs and whatever else you need to bring in people to do that. Um, you need to do a lot more work to pull people in to that event, because you're going from being really happy, getting two hundred and fifty people in, in the jam house to then trying to get a thousand people mm. into the corner exchange, so there has to be a lot more work goes into to that um, yeah a lot of that obviously helps if you, if, if you you know if you, you know if you're doing a bigger venue that that allows you a bit more um, freedom to try and pull in a, a, in a much bigger name because yeah. it kind of it kind of works in that way if you get a much bigger name they're going to draw the people in yeah um, so you know when we've done when we've done the the main hall of the of the corn exchange with that's when we've had like Ken Omega the young bucks and um, Dalton castle and um, Victoria um, you know having having folk like that on board at events helps uh, to draw that crowd yeah. in but certainly, there's a lot more work and there's a lot there's a it's it's the kind of risk and reward factor isn't it sometimes the the greatest risks are the the ones that come with the greatest rewards, um, and then that's Absolutely, anytime yeah. anytime you take on you know a venue which is out your comfort zone, then the stress levels rise, and you know you have to put in a heap load more work to make it work.
2: Mm. Yeah. What's okay. the what, what's the what's the dream venue in Edinburgh? Well, we, I mean, we started out just thinking Corn Exchange uh, because
1: um, Edinburgh is a, a, a Edinburgh's not really blessed for having like iconic big venues, you know. It's strange yeah. when we're looking for venues to to run in Edinburgh, you're kind of limited to just a a few. Um, one stupidly ridiculous dream, um, which will never ever ever happen in a million years. But you have, have you ever seen when the um, the the tattoos on Edinburgh Castle?
0: I wonder uh... if you can see that. See, just before you go into that. Years, but this is going back like 10 15 years. Me and a group of mates used to run like a Chris is going to laugh at this because he's never heard this story before. But we used to run a bit of a fantasy, fantasy wrestling fed through like right, email okay. and websites, and it was a, it was called the SFWF Scottish Fantasy Wrestling Federation. And I would equivalent <laughs> to WrestleMania was always on the Castle Esplanade. Well, that's it with, yeah. with the stands. And we yeah. used to, one my entrance, because my character was the champ at the time, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12 where uh, he yeah. came down on the rope. Uh-huh. I came from, you know where the piper stands <laughs> up? All the way down onto the S I'm so delighted you said that. <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's because, it's because I've seen it with the stands up for the tattoo. And, you know, it, it feels like a major stadium. And, but it's, it's on the backdrop of Edinburgh Castle. And you're just yep. thinking, man, would there be anywhere... More spectacular than this in Edinburgh, I couldn't think of anywhere more more spectacular, I'm, but you're looking at you're looking at what ten thousand people perhaps sitting in those yeah. stands around there um, okay, I'll,
2: I'll I'll come <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's one of those things i think if if there, if there was a way to make that happen, I think people would want to wrestle on that event purely because of where it is
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I, but it's like how how would you, like I, I, I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess at how much that would cost to put on an event in that space. You know, you would maybe have to do it at a time when it was already kind of set up for the, the tattoo and you couldn't go, right, see in the days when it's not being used by the military.
2: Um, can we just build a ring right in the middle? And uh. You've uh, you've told us to the absolutely wrong people because I will probably message you now once a month, just saying when does <laughs> wrestling event happen? Yeah, make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. Go do yeah. it, do it, do it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that that would be that would be that, that that's dream stuff. That's just yeah. you know um, if I win would the be, Euro if, if I win if I win the Euro Millions like one of those stupidly big yeah, hundred twenty million pound you know yeah. then you go right how am I going to celebrate my Euro Millions win? You know what I'm going to do a free event
2: on this playing yeah. at Edinburgh the castle. Why don't you totally why, why why don't you inquire and see how much it is? I know,
1: well, okay. well, uh, I I couldn't. I just I just <laughs> you know the the cost of building those stands alone.
0: I know um, it must be expensive. I'm even willing to give you the SFWF name for it if you do it, Alan. <laughs> I think he stole it from WCW. capital Car now. What was your what was your wrestler name? Uh, I was the Flying Scotsman. <laughs> <When> Highland <laughs> original, original and my Cogs, Graham shout out to Cogs who's possibly listening. He was a uh, big nasty, because he's right. about six five in the real world and at the time was about two eighty. Um yeah. his brother was FYM and they were a tag team, the brothers of destruction, obviously. <laughs> Um, we had right. my laddies my laddies appeared at the time and they were about they must have been about five or six but I called them they were a tag team called the Edge Runners and it was uh, Andre Michaels and Randy Gianetti from Andre the Giant <laughs> <laughs> <Randy
2: Stavros. Yeah. laughs> oh man you can I hold this for yeah. free right? don't mind oh, that, no, I've, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I've taken a note of all of this so
2: when I'm looking <laughs> for gimmick ideas for folks I'm just there uh, yeah. oh man that's amazing I, I, that's one of those things man that would be cool I think yeah uh, uh, yeah. I think I think you should I think you
0: should at least
2: send an email.
1: Yeah, it's it's dream stuff. I mean, I can't think of anywhere else in Edinburgh that you know. Obviously, we do the Jam House regularly. We do uh, Edinburgh Con Exchange. There are a couple of other venues that we're in, we're in talks with to try and do something when they they eventually open yeah. up. Um, we did we used to do events in Portobello Town Hall. I loved I loved the old Town Hall feel, um, but that's had to close. Uh, it was going to be close to the now. I don't I don't know if, if that'll ever reopen. Um so we, we're kinda of start. we're kind of really limited into the, the venues we can use that 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 meet the council's kind of licensing conditions as well. Um yeah. and that are suitable to be able to fit a ring in and, and fit you know a few hundred folk in. So Edinburgh's really limited in terms of those types of venues but um yeah the Castle Esplanade would be uh,
2: there's always stuff. the way man. There's always a way. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna let you away with this. There's always a way to make <laughs> it happen. Always a way. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll definitely I'll, get it happen. I'll, I'll. I'll even turn up with some spanners to help put the stands up. To, oh, the help work, us. That's telling <laughs> you.
0: We'll dig we'll it for you. We'll dig it for you. <laughs> talking about promotion, and you're saying like how much it would get. You know, if get ten thousand people in that Esplanade, are you still just um, doing your promotion just solely through social media? For for disco, or have you? Because I know at the start, I could be wrong in this, but I think you kind of did it as the most, let's say, economical option rather than the old flyers, posters. Is it yeah. still the majority on social media? Or have you kind of started yeah, to branch a little bit or?
1: Well, everybody, everybody kind of has their own way of, of you know, promoting their own promotions, um, and 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 it's just finding it, finding the groove of kind of what works for you and what works for your business best. I mean, we did, you know, our first event you know posters were up everywhere we did some advertising on radio we did you know that that type of stuff um and and while it worked it wasn't the the most kind of cost effective way of of doing things and then when we were first starting you know going back six years yes social media was about but in terms of the advertising and the marketing through social media it was just something that was kind of alien to us but now you know having not done the events that we've been doing them, we, we we know that if I announce that we're coming back, say it is November and we go right, tickets are on sale tomorrow. I know I'm gonna have the same group of fans that'll buy it before anything's announced. And again that mm-hmm. goes back to that thing about reputation and yeah. people always getting what they paid for. So they know they can trust us and they put faith in us if we go right, there's gonna be a show on this date, we're putting tickets on sale tomorrow. We're not gonna announce a thing. People will go, I know I'm gonna have a great time, I'm gonna buy a ticket. Um so it, it kinda takes, you know, so if you're looking at a venue that holds two hundred and fifty, three hundred people, you announce something without and you know, you put an event on without announcing anyone I know there's gonna be the same hundred and fifty folk that, that 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 will be there. So that only leaves you with a small amount of room to fill from from folk who might only come every once in a while or or, or new fans. So um we, we really target everything through social media. Um Facebook advertising, you know, great promotion from our wrestlers on Twitter and things. And and, and at least that way we, we, we don't we don't do as much in the way of kind of poster and flyering um, as as perhaps what we did when we started. Um, yeah. that was really needed when we started to try and get the word out for people who don't follow us on Facebook or Twitter. But we we, we everything is so focused now on on social media for us that um, that actually, you know, the flyering and postering side it never really had that impact for us. We tried certain ways to try and make it work. You know, yeah. with flyering you know, there was a few events there when we tried a little thing with flyering where it was it was a case of, you know, we put if you bring this flyer with you, you'll get twenty percent off your the door price. Uh, and so we could see out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of flyers we had distributed around folks' doors and whatever, how many of these flyers actually came back and thousands of flyers go out and about maybe about five or six came back. And you're thinking, well, yeah. That's not. It's not really had an impact for us, so we've we've tried different things, and we just find that social media is is, is um, the most cost effective and um, direct way of reaching people.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's the, thing for the old uh, generation Y, where the Y division name comes from, do you think an element of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, because we did. I mean, when we when we launched, it was under the banner of Generation Y, and you know, people who've kind of grown up with technology and, and, and social media and things, um, and and really, you know you know from being at events that it's suitable for the whole family I mean there will be there'll be stuff in there which only the adults will get you know some of the maybe some of the one-liners from some of the guys in, involved um, and some of the entertainment something is on the border line of, of what is acceptable for a family audience but it's never it never crosses that line um, and we always started out with a vision of, of this being a kind of promotion that's more so suited for people who are 14 and older and and at the time when we launched, 14 the age of 14 would, would have been the start of the generation y you know um, yeah. and so that was that was kind of the feeling but we also wanted we we know that that younger kids they'll love wrestling no matter what if it's good guy bad guy you know they'll pick someone to cheer for and someone to boo whereas we didn't want a dumb wrestling down to be just a cartoon you know we wanted yeah. it to be something that keeps the adults engaged and, and actually what we find and you'll have seen it from your events is while yes we're a family friendly promotion Majority of people in the crowd are adults. Yeah, mm. um, we we don't we don't actually get that many kids that come along to our events. You know, we do get children that come along to our events, but it, it, you know, is is the vast majority of people in the crowd are adults, and it's yeah. and it's a fa- and it's family friendly entertainment.
0: Totally, and as I say, Logan was fourteen. I think I'm sure he was fourteen. Thinking about the dates when he first came along, yeah, and and he felt totally cool with it. Like he was probably at the age where he maybe picked up on. Safe. I'll, I'll say as a dad, seventy percent of the double entendres. he maybe picked up a little bit more, but yeah. he was starting to get into it, you know, and and kind of bought into the whole atmosphere, of, you know, and which is why we've been back, you know, several times now, and and a hundred percent will be back, even you know if you hadn't been on our podcast, we'd still be coming back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's good to know, it's good to hear. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just about it's just about um, you know having having wrestling that, that's kind of accessible for all ages. That yeah. you know, that that's not gonna drive adults away because it's it's too silly. Or it's not gonna drive kids away because they don't there's there's no characters there to boo and cheer. So yeah. it's it's trying to find the mix. It's it's like, you know, so many people have described wrestling as being like the, the three ring circus. It's like you go to the circus, you might not like the clown but you like the, the guy in the tightrope. You do, you you don't like the guy in the tightrope, you're gonna like the juggler. Or you know, there's always going to be something there that you're gonna really like. There might be elements that you don't, you're not really into as much, but there's still going to be stuff that you do like.
2: Yeah, so you know, one of the, I, I, I you know, when there's another another show, I might bring my nephew. My nephew's uh, he, he likes wrestling, so Good. I might uh, might come with Ali and we might come and watch a, a show, um, whether it's this year or next year. Um, but now we're we're kind of approaching an hour, so what I wanted to say is, what's your um, what's your favourite wrestling moments?
1: From disco or from any time, anything. You're the guest. Odd. You can say what you want.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Obviously, I'll always be biased towards what we do in disco because I've got a great hand in, in pulling it all together. Um. When the, the first time we did Edinburgh Con Exchange, uh, when we had, um, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, the first time we'd ever gone to try and get. The the main hall of the Corn Exchange, and being on a Wednesday night and getting a thousand people out on a Wednesday night was massively kind of proud moment. And um, so that that you know is 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 one of my moments in terms of being a fan. God, going back some now, Um, I I remember the 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 first time I ever went to see wrestling live um, when I was about seven years old, and I was I was living in Forfar. And I went to a place called the Reed Hall in Forfa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the, the headline act was Giant Haystacks. <laughs> and I was, I was sitting front row with my friends. And I still remember it clearly. Yeah, it was 30 years ago, but I still remember it clearly. Sitting in that front row, and then here comes Giant Haystacks. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen Giant Haystacks, Google him. He's huge, a monster of a man one of the biggest ever names from British wrestling, uh, up there with uh, Big Daddy. Um, but Giant Haystacks, here he comes, walking around the ring. He's got this rope for a belt, you know, and he walks past me and my friends. And we're all going, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. And of course he knows he's fat, you know. He's wearing a rope for a belt. He knows he's fat. you know. But we're, we're still pointing it out to him, you know. Aha, you're fat. And he just stopped. And you looked down at us. There's a group of about four or five of us. And he just... <clears throat> spat on us like just spat on us <laughs> front row we're, we're, we're kids who are like six, seven years old and Giant Haystacks just stops and spits on us and that, like that was me hooked that was me that was I was just like yeah wrestling's for yeah. me I'm into this yeah. um, so I think for me that's like that's one of my earliest memories of wrestling but it's still one of the most you know like powerful kind of memories of, of, of wrestling just my yeah. first ever live
2: experience of, of, of okay. wrestling and just loving it it's true what they say. You never forget the first time a giant man spits on you. <laughs> 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 oh, ah yeah. spit on you. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, I've uh, I've never been to a wrestling show. Um, as so we used, we used to we, you know, obviously watching uh, wrestling every week uh, when we were kids. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, never, I don't I don't think there's anything show. like I don't think
1: like is, there's anything like experiencing it. You know, first hand. I think, yeah. yeah, watching it on TV, especially when you're watching things like WrestleMania and these big events, which are big showpieces, and, and and some of the matches you see. But I think when, when the, the the beauty of coming along to an event, especially some of the kind of the the, the mid-sized kind of smaller events, is just being able to hear everything as well as mm. being very close to seeing it and, and and feeling the energy in the room with the the crowd as well. It, it, it makes everything, you know, just. On some of the some of the times when I've sat there, and I, I I usually find that I'm usually sitting in the sound booth of the events, just pushing all the buttons and, and and whatnot. But I'm hearing these moves and these moves connect, whether it be chops or whether it be kicks, and I'm sitting there going, oh my god! You know, I know what wrestling is, but at the yeah. same time, some of the some of these shots, you're just going, holy cow! Um, and 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 when the crowd are kind of reacting to it as well, I, I don't think there's anything like. Yeah, experience in wrestling live, and and we do get a lot of people who who go, they they'll bring along their 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 son, their nephew, their grandkid, and they're they're going for their sake. They're just going right. I'm just I'm just going because the kid wants to go, and at the end of it, they're going. I love that, you know, yeah. themselves. They're just they, they want to come back.
0: That yeah, was that dude, was where like I was the first time I came to disco. I was like Logan was desperate to go. I was like I'm a big wrestling fan. I'll sit and watch it. It'll be what it is. After about three matches, I'm like, let's go, <laughs> let <go." laughs> <laughs> like totally in about it. Buying it's, T-shirts and foam fingers
1: and everything like, else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's true we say about at those moments, though, because, again, talk about Logan. We, the first show he ever went to was a TNA taping over at the Hydro about five, six years ago, and I'd managed as part of his birthday to get him uh, like meet-and-greet passes. So he'd met loads of the wrestlers beforehand, and then there was a Table match between Eric Young and Abyss. Right,
1: okay.
0: And as we were dragging the broken table up the ramp back to the gorilla. A bit of the table fell off, just a piece about yay yes, size, about four inches square, and the guy just picked up and handed it to Logan. So Logan <laughs> had the, table from the match, and he still got it. He's got it in a wee case. And then about eighteen months after that, we went to a WWE show at the Hydro again. And Logan had said, oh, I wish you could have got me meet and greets for the WWE. I says, look, it just wasn't an option. The cost was too much. You know, we just couldn't afford it. He's like, oh, I'd just love to really meet some of the wrestlers. I was didn't get me wrong, so would I, pal. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? We came out of the train station, Queen Street, because it was over in Glasgow. Walked out the train station, turned left onto Buchanan Street and bumped into Cody Rhodes. Oh, Brilliant. So Logan got a picture with Cody Rhodes, which then, when Cody turned up at Disco with Scurll and that, I had the picture printed off and got Cody to sign up for Logan. Oh, cause we, magic. Yeah. Was, and they were all like, who's the kid in the photo? Because Logan, by this point, kind of, he goes, when we met him the first time, he was like 10 years old. And now he's like, at the time, like 14. So it hit a wee bit of a growth spurt. And they were all chatting to him. And it's moments like that. Like, I was just stood back watching Logan interacting with Cody Rhodes, who has, is his absolute hero in wrestling. And That's great. Yeah, Cody and Marty and the young box talking to Logan like, like a young guy rather than a kid. You know what I mean? Like giving him a bit of a rib and. Dad's yeah. not, Look at that hair. Look at that cute smile. And now look at you, you're all teenage and awkward. And Logan stood there like laughing. And yeah, and that'll got, stick
1: with I, Logan as well.
0: That'll 100%. stick with him. Stick
1: with him for life.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was a totally cool. And as I say, as a dad looking at that from the distance, it was. Do you know what I mean? That kind of gets you a wee bit smoky. You're a bit like what? Yeah yeah Poof, What was that? Someone we got dust in there, there, or something? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely yeah. think uh, I definitely think I'd rather take a little bit of a slagging for my hair than get spat on. I think it'd definitely that's definitely I definitely prefer that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th-
1: I think
0: I think if you if you
1: come
2: to a disco event, you won't be
1: spat on. I can guarantee that. I can't I can't see anything with the hair, but you know, <laughs> definitely spit on you. Uh, spat on. That's that's a unique selling point. Come to Discovery, the wrestlers won't spit on you. I know and
2: to be fair you should probably play that online yeah, yeah. you won't be spat on <laughs> 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 like on the on that's your uh, ad- well, slogan uh, yeah well guys I uh, have to run
0: yeah, we're a bit, not uh, yeah.
2: yeah just not have to go, go for run.
0: If people want to find out more about yourself or Disco, where can they find you? How can they look you up? Where's the best place to go? And we'll put this in the notes as well. Yeah,
2: Facebook
1: and Twitter are by far the easiest places to get us. Uh, discovery Wrestling, facebook.com forward slash discovery wrestling. And on Twitter, it's at Disco Wrestling. Uh, that's the best and easiest places to find us. We've also got a website, discowrestling.com, where you can find
2: all our merchandise. That's uh, one thing I was going to ask you, actually. I seen you had, um, I was on the Facebook page earlier on, um, do you still have t-shirts in stock? Yeah, yeah, so that's all, I've they're gone.
1: all available online, all, all made to order. So, I'll, um, I'll Which, learn, is, which I'll, has been, I'll yeah, them. one of the big things about not having events, you know, having to find other ways to kind of keep ourselves going to pay the bills and things. And fans have been tremendous in how they've mm. responded to us and, and, and helping uh, us get through this, with whether it be online raffles or the merchandise. So uh, for fans uh, who may be listening to this, uh, you know, uh, we'll, have, we'll forever be in their debt for, for helping us get through this time.
2: Yeah, I'll um, I'll go and order a T-shirt as soon as we get off the call. Um, Smash! I think it's cu- it's cool to, to I think especially with Scottish people, I think we should all support each other and help each other out. So, uh, yeah, I'll go. And, I'll go and order one of those as soon as we get off here. Tremendous! Yeah, no, we appreciate um, that, and
0: cool hopefully one. we'll
2: see you at an event once we get back. Yeah, at some
0: point, definitely. Hundred percent, you will. So, episode twenty nine, Alan Smith, co-owner uh, and founder of Discovery Wrestling. Thank you very much for your time this evening.
1: Thanks for having
0: us. Cheers, are Thanks, mate. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.